Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is back. Are you okay, buddy? No. Okay. Well, there you have it. <laughs> no, I'm okay. <laughs> Shows. Busy weekend, lots of news, lots of grist for the mill. There were 20 people on his lawn at any given time over the weekend. So I Joe, chased them all off. <laughs> Joe's out there yelling, <laughs> get off my lawn. Uh, we're glad to say the Sunbury Motor Company is our sponsor. On the news line with us now, we're going to start out wrapping up some business that we've been uh, chipping away at all week last week. Uh, David Rose on the line, the state representative in the 85th uh, District. Of course, the governor is out with uh, all kinds of declarations and machinations, and courts are changing legislation, and, and Harrisburg's trying to affect some positive change, uh, but uh, <laughs> it would have Who to Who in be, Harrisburg is doing that, in your opinion? Just it would, out of curiosity. It would have to be, a, 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 well, David Rowe <laughs> okay. on the news line with us now. Good morning, David. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Joe. How are you guys? Good morning. Good. I, I, well, I appreciate you checking in. I know you shuffled your schedule around to get in today, and so thanks for calling in. Well, let's talk about the governor. He, uh, of course, vetoed one of the key pieces of legislation that would have allowed high schools to essentially do what they're, what a few are ending up doing today, and that's to uh, just be in charge of their own districts and decide how many people is appropriate for their high school stadiums. Let's start out with the vetoes first, uh, then we'll go to court legislation and then uh, some of your efforts. Uh, the governor's a veto of that particular bill and others. David? Well, I think it's certainly you know disappointing to see that uh, the governor chose to veto a bill that was really just about returning local control to school districts. You know, uh, Pennsylvania is a big state. You know, every school district is so different. There's so much diversity, so much uh, uh, different demographically. Uh, and so for this one-size-fits-all plan that the governor's sort of been uh, implementing since the very early stages of dealing with COVID-19 uh, has just been not working. Uh, and so our intent was to let the school board, in conjunction with local health officials, the county commissioners, the uh, other elected individuals and appointed individuals that are responsible for community health, to make the decisions that are best for their community, uh, rather than this sort of uh, one-size-fits-all plan that clearly hasn't been working. So, you know, when the bill initially passed, it passed with overwhelming bipartisan support. Uh, it was a beautiful uh, time to come together and uh, essentially just work uh, for the people of Pennsylvania like we're supposed to do. Uh, disappointing to see the governor veto it, and then even more disappointing uh, to see 25 Democrats who had initially voted yes uh, flip to a no vote uh, only to protect the governor, which exactly was uh, their reasoning. If you uh, read some of the quotes, uh, being penned live, did some interviews following, uh, the Democratic leader himself said that the only reason he switched his vote was that He's the Democratic leader, so he's uh, not going to oppose the Democratic governor. But didn't, uh, he, didn't he, David, didn't he oppose him? Didn't they oppose him when they voted uh, for the piece of legislation? He announced he was going to veto? Exactly right. So it's, it's, 
it's definitely a lot of politics being played, and the real losers are the student athletes, the parents, their coaches, and the teachers. Yeah. Well, it seems rather hypocritical on one hand to say we're going to vote for this piece of legislation, but if the governor does follow through and veto, we're going to change our vote. What was the point of voting for it in the first place? I think it just goes to show that the the politics of it are such that you know support for local control, letting our local school boards make decisions for you know our children. It's what we elect them to do. Uh, they aren't elected to essentially just be you know a referral service for the governor. Uh, and so I think that there is broad bipartisan support across the state, and polling shows that for local control of local issues. Uh, and so that is demonstrated by that initial vote. But it shows that the the one people those the one person that those uh, twenty five Democrats are willing to be holding to more than their constituents is the governor. Students are packing the high school stadiums anyway. Most of the stadiums around here had over 400 people in them Friday night. How does that weave into this discussion that districts are allowing them to go over the 250 anyway? Well, the federal district ruling uh, out in Western, Western PA uh, did strike down the governor's uh, limitations on indoor and outdoor gatherings. Uh, and justifiably so. You know, our, our First Amendment rights aren't ended uh, in the time of an emergency. If anything, the Constitution is more important in times of emergency because those are times that the government tends to run away, sometimes well intended, but you, the end result is normally just bigger, more expansive, more intrusive government. Uh, so when we see school districts making decisions uh, for themselves, I think it's a great thing. You know, our local school board members care about their communities. They care about the children. They care about the teachers and coaches and athletes. Uh, so it should be up to them uh, to make decisions that are re- regarding their, their athletics, their, their scholastic endeavors, all these sorts of things. Uh, and so I'm glad to see that uh, school districts are willing to take the lead. Uh, the Western District ruling did strike down those outdoor gathering limitations, so local school districts are able uh, to make their own decisions regarding spectators at sports. And Governor Wolf himself admitted that when he said in the press release that even though his uh, limitations at sporting events were no longer enforceable, he was asking school districts to voluntarily abide by them. And I think you're seeing a lot of school districts take preventative measures. They're blocking off bleachers. They're separating people. They have hand sanitizing stations out there. So they're taking protective measures, uh, but they're protective measures that make more sense than the governor's arbitrary 250 across the state number. But David, wouldn't you concede that the governor's primary goal, in fact, maybe his only goal, was trying to protect the citizens of Pennsylvania? I mean, is that, you know, do you give him credit for that? I think perhaps the governor was well intended, and I did give, I've given the governor credit, I've given the governor credit on this show. Uh, early on, when initially none of us knew uh, for sure how bad it could possibly get. We didn't know much about the virus. Uh, The governor implemented a county-by-county shutdown, which I thought made much more sense, given the uh, varying demographics and population densities of Pennsylvania. Uh, But now that we do know more, we do know who the vulnerable populations are, we know more about how the virus behaves, we know what steps we can and shouldn't take to make things better for the constituents of Pennsylvania. Uh, And Governor Wolf has seemed disinterested in making any sort of evidence-based shift. Uh, and seems is more interested in continuing uh, a lot of these sort of nonsensical edicts that are doing far more harm than good. Uh, you look at a lot of his restaurant regulations, a lot of them simply make no sense. You're allowed to eat in a restaurant, but you're not allowed to drink in a restaurant unless you're also eating. But you can only drink until 11 p.m. when you have to stop drinking. But you can keep eating as long as you're eating at a square-shaped table and not a bar-shaped table. Oh, get out. It, 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 it makes absolutely no sense. So, you know, if the governor wanted to take meaningful action, the General Assembly has been working on that. Uh, 
A lot of our bills that we have passed uh, worked on implementing CDC and Department of Health guidelines on a you know sustainable level so our businesses can survive. Uh, whereas a lot of the governor's uh, implemented measures don't seem to do much besides uh, drive the economy down. Uh, and you know the the numbers that are associated, unfortunately and tragically, uh, with a plummeting economy are spikes in suicide and domestic violence and abuse and drug overdoses. And we are seeing that tragically play out across the state as the economy continues to crash. Well, talking to some of my friends who are in the restaurant business, they tell me that 50 percent, it's going to be almost impossible to survive with a 50 percent limitation. Has the governor put forth any criteria, any specific plan of action for restaurants and bars to take that would allow them to go to a higher capacity, 75 percent in some states, uh, and of course Florida is wide open. So what has he put forward? Anything? Uh, nothing that I have heard, but uh, not that he would tell us anyway. We'll have to pay attention to his press conferences, since that seems to be how he likes to govern these days. Um, but, I mean, you're exactly right. I've spoken with numerous business owners in the area, and some of them were able to sort of make it work at 50%. Then when the 25% flash came, uh, they, for a lot of them, they realized it might be the end. They had just invested in consumables and perishables. Uh, they had brought staff back for a 50% capacity opening only to have all of that back. Uh, they were forced to you know, throw away a lot of food or donate it. Uh, they were forced to lay uh, staff back off again. And if you visit a lot of local restaurants, a lot of them are taking very smart preventative measures that make sense, you know, whether it's dividers or allowing for hand sanitizers. Uh, but for the governor to simply state that 25% is the limit uh, with no or 50% if they sign off on his, his special contract, uh, it just shows to show that he's not interested in letting, like we talked about earlier, the local governments and the local health, health officials make decisions for the local communities, and that he doesn't trust the local business owners to make the best decisions for their customers, and I just think that's wrong. Let's move on to the uh, court system allowing individuals to look at and keep and count ballots that arrive after the election if they were mailed in. Uh, tell us about that ruling and your reaction to that ruling allowing uh, the counting of ballots to continue for three days after the election. Well, it's just a continuation of what we've seen from, from the state Supreme Court for the past couple of years, uh, where they have no qualms about legislating from the bench, uh, which I, I think is a gross overreach of power. You know, a lot of discussion has centered around these, you know, ballot drop boxes, uh, where they, uh, the claims have been that, you know, they should be allowed and that, uh, you know, how dare we in our recent reform bill uh, take them away. And it's important to realize that drop boxes were never allowed in the first place. There was no statutory uh, precedent or establishment for drop boxes. That was something that just uh, a few counties simply decided they would pursue. Uh, the same thing with these uh, the three-day after uh, counting of mail-in ballots just decided by the Supreme Court. There is no statutory establishment for that. They are simply ruling from the bench, uh, which is exactly the opposite of what they are supposed to be doing. Uh, and so uh, Representative Frank Ryan has introduced articles of impeachment against uh, Justice Wecht uh, for abuse of power. Those are articles that I have signed on to. You know, we have witnessed over the past couple of months a, uh, you know, a, a, a abuse and a violation of the separation of powers that our founding fathers intended uh, as the executive has seized power for himself. Uh, and now we're seeing the state Supreme Court uh, willing to act in a legislative manner to back him up. So we will be taking... Uh, this case to federal court, 
uh, because it does apply to federal elections, and we do have standing to sue in federal court. And I'm hoping that the federal judiciary, which tends to be a little more impartial and a little more aware of what their job title and job description is actually supposed to be, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about a favorable ruling on federal court. Well, David, the um, Democrats are threatening to pack the Supreme Court if they take control of the House and Senate uh, after the election. Uh, you got the power right now. Why don't you pack the state Supreme Court? Well, because I have a respect for the Constitution as it was written. I have a respect for the uh, separation of powers. Uh, and I, I do know that that has been a, a political uh, play that has been, you know, in decades past, that's been an idea that's been floated to, you know, pack the Supreme Courts with justices, pack the courts. Uh, but I think that just shows a misunderstanding of the role of the courts. The role of the court is simply to interpret the law. The role of the court is not to write the law. It's not to create law. Uh, and a lot of this discussion about, you know, the, the Supreme Court and the judiciary, I think, just goes to show that they have, uh, you know, seized an unprecedented amount of power that they are not supposed to have. Uh, so restoring the balance of power is far more important to me than having partisan control of the judiciary. One of the things that we've learned from the federal system is that there's been decades of work to make the courts more conservative in the federal courts and the various circus, circus, circuit courts. Uh, sorry, no... no circus uh, was a pun uh, intended, yeah, right? right? No, it was a Freudian, <laughs> Freudian slip. But anyway, to get that uh, squared away at the federal level and to uh, you know make sure that the Senate and, and the President are Republican whenever possible, Possible. That's decades of ex- of work that goes in there. Is there a comparable effort to make that to make sure that Pennsylvania's courts someday become more conservative and that uh, Republican governors uh, uh, are a little bit more common? Well, at least when we speak to the. Uh, the Pennsylvania judiciary, especially when it comes to discussing the Supreme Court, uh, it's a little different because the United States Supreme Court is appointed uh, by the president, whereas the Pennsylvania Supreme Court justices are elected uh, for 10-year terms. So it's, it's, it's slightly different, and in Pennsylvania, a state that tends to lean to the blue side, you know, with occasional purple status, as we saw in 2016, but traditionally a, a more blue state, uh, it's difficult to have sort of partisan control of uh, the Supreme Court. Um, when it comes to uh, um, having a governor who's Republican, uh, I mean, I, I certainly can't speak to what will happen in 2022 when Governor Wolf's term is up, uh, but I do hope that regardless of who runs, uh, that they're willing to work more with the General Assembly, regardless of Republican or Democrat. Because I've, as we've seen from the past couple of uh, weeks and months of votes, uh, the uh, objective of keeping Pennsylvanians safe while also protecting the economy is a bipartisan one that I've supported. Uh, but it has exclusively been uh, Governor Wolf and you know just one-third plus one of members of the House and Senate that are willing to block any effort uh, to protect the economy and also protect Pennsylvanians. Uh, you know, remember, Wolf was one who, you know, uh, Mark, you shared the, uh, a bit of his press conference earlier on the show this morning. Uh, and during that press conference, he made some outrageous claims. Uh, you know, he, he claims he's about transparency, and that's why he runs around the state having all of these press conferences. Uh, but let's not forget, he's the one that shut down live press conferences for over a month and filtered all of the reporters' questions through staff. He claims he's available, but he's the one who redirected his office phone number to the Department of Health, so the constituents wouldn't be able to reach him. So he makes a lot of these outrageous statements that are just simply inconsistent, and I think that's what a lot of Pennsylvanians are starting to see, both on the Republican and Democrat side. Let's talk about money for a minute, Dave. Uh, the Obviously, there's going to be some shortfalls in the state budget coming up. How does the, uh, from the House side, how does it look to you? What do you, what do you expect, and what are you going to do about what you expect? 
So we're looking at a budget shortfall of around $5.5 billion, and that is billion with a B, uh, and it is probably only going to get worse. Uh, this year, obviously, will be a challenge. Next year will also be, as uh, you know, we're going to probably see uh, a significant number of increase in declarations of bankruptcy across the state uh, within the next six to nine months. Uh, and so as those continue to happen, as jobs continue to be lost, as corporate net income tax revenues continue to decline, uh, the budget uh, is going to be as challenging, if not more challenging, next year. Uh, this year, we're looking at a number of uh, strategic cuts. As you guys know, we level-funded uh, some essential services, including education, for the entire year. Uh, we will be working on a uh, budget for the rest of the year on the other uh, state expenses. Uh, but I think it's really important to realize uh, that in a time when the Pennsylvania economy is already struggling so much, we have three and a half million Pennsylvanians that have filed for unemployment. We, you know, the, the jobless market is, uh, the unemployment rate is higher than almost any other state in the union, that this is not the time uh, to start talking about pursuing additional revenue streams. And those, those conversations have been coming from both the administration, the Democrats, and even a few Republicans. And I strongly oppose introducing any sort of, quote-unquote, new revenue stream, uh, which is just political doublespeak for new and higher taxes and fees. I strongly oppose that it, it is government that has crashed the economy, and it's government that needs to be held responsible, not the Pennsylvania taxpayer. So we're going to be looking for some meaningful cuts. Uh, we've already uh, passed a cost-of-living adjustment freeze uh, for uh, all state officials, including the governor's office, the legislative branch, the judiciary, uh, and that has passed both the House and the Senate unanimously. It's going to Governor Wolf for a signature. We'll see what he does. Uh, but starting by, you know, uh, keeping our own house in order, I think, is important uh, as we look towards making additional cuts down the line. And a brief remark about your priorities. What are you working on in Harrisburg, in addition to all of these topics, of course? Uh, what else are you working on? Uh, before we let you go, we want to make sure you have an open mic. Sure. We've got a couple of things that we're working on. Uh, just uh, today, later today, we're going to be having a, uh, a caucus regarding the Aging and Older Adult Services Committee, where we've been uh, working on a bill that essentially sets up a long-term care infectious disease prevention program. Uh, as we know, this uh, uh, COVID-19 has hit uh, most, uh, most seriously our nursing homes and long-term care facilities. Those are uh, clearly and statistically and uh, factually the most vulnerable populations. So ensuring that we're doing our duty in uh, protecting those populations, that's exactly what we should be doing. That's what we are doing. Uh, so we're setting up a, a long-term care infectious disease prevention program uh, through the aging committee that we'll be uh, passing out of committee hopefully later this week, send it over to the full house and then hopefully the Senate and the governor to try to get that in place. Additionally, we're working on uh, some efforts such as uh, uh, labor reform. We're looking at some issues that have been uh, facing a lot of workers in the state where they have been uh, informed uh, improperly that they are unable to uh, have a job or hold a position uh, within the, any sort of government position without being a member uh, of a government-run union. Uh, and uh, you know, as we all know, Janice, the AFSCME case that took place in the United States Supreme Court, has declared that to be uh, unconstitutional. Uh, so I'm working on a bill to codify in statute the Supreme Court ruling to make sure that workers' rights are protected, to protect their First Amendment rights. Uh, it's important to realize even in this time of crisis, there's other issues and other challenges that Pennsylvanians are facing. We can't let them fall by the wayside. Well, thank you. Keep in touch. You have an open mic anytime. We know we'll hear from you in the weeks and months ahead. So we thank you in advance for that, and thanks for your call this morning. And keep up the good work, hey. Dave. 
Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Joe. It's always a pleasure. Take care. Appreciate that. David Rowe, State Representative, 85th District. I still call him a freshman representative. He is running in this election, so you'll see his name in the voters' guides that are out there and on an upcoming ballot. You're listening to On the Mark, KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. We're going to flip to open phones shortly. We'll have a couple of moments of open phones. we got some emails and texts pending. We'll read those on the radio. We'll be right back. Fall is here, and just like the leaves, prices are falling on new Kias at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now is, now the, is the best time to get into Sunbury Motors Kia. While others don't have what you're looking for, SMC comes through. 2020 Kia Serenos are up to $6,475 off. Save over four grand on 2020 Kia Sportages. And drive away in a 2020 Kia Soul for as low as $17,990. When you stop by, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Celebrate Celebrate fall in a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates through KMF, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK's On the Mark live telephone talk show. A speedy dialer could get through, 1-800-795-9565. Not much to talk about, just chaos in Harrisburg and Washington. And Amy Coney Barrett and the president's uh, taxes. I paid more taxes than he did. But now, you're uh, assuming that the New York tab- Times story is true. The president has said it isn't. Oh, okay. I love how oh, okay. somebody we writes lie. a story like that, and everybody walks around, everybody on the left walks around like it's the absolute gospel <laughs> truth. <laughs> Oh, you're funny. Okay. Hey, well, I'm inv- funny. They're <laughs> we, funny. We invite you to visit sunburymotors.com. This is a true statement, verifiable in every way. they got a full slate of uh, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, and Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory there. they got some year-end specials. Uh, some of the model years are going to be changing soon if they haven't already. And because guess what? Uh, they would just love to clear out the 2020s, make room for a 2021. And so that would make you a motivated shopper, but them a motivated seller. And that's the best way to do a deal with a car dealer. So you can select the perfect vehicle online if you so choose. You can purchase it online right from your home. They're using the straight KBB uh, ratings uh, for vehicles, and so that would give you the trade-in value for your home. Whatever KBB says, your you home, you have to trade your home oh, in on your a car. car. I'm sorry, you're doing it from <laughs> home, but uh, you can use that exact value, and uh, they'll give you every dollar that you got coming on that vehicle that you're trading in. Then your next new vehicle or pre-owned vehicle, as I told you last week, after somebody bought my Ford Ranger that I had all picked out uh, and tricked out with exactly what I wanted. Uh, I started looking at a very late model F-150 that was for sale that was pre-owned, that was in perfect condition and only had about 20,000 miles in it. And so I'll tell you what, that was pretty intriguing. We might consider that. So Well, uh, don't you think you better act quickly? Because I'm sure it won't last very long if it's that great. <laughs> Acting quickly on a car lot is not something I can do. But Sunbury Motor Company, please start. Are you a man or a mouse? (laughs) I'm a pitch man under these circumstances. SunburyMotors.com. Stan, you've got uh, full three minutes if you so choose to use it. You are on the mark. Okay. Now, I didn't read the report from the New York Times about Trump's taxes, but I did see that supposedly only paid, what, $750? 2016? A couple years, yeah. A couple different years. Okay. That's great. He has a great accountant then, doesn't he? The other thing is... (laughs) At least one. (laughs) 
where well, isn't it isn't it a violation of law to release somebody's taxes tax information without their permission? Well, obviously this was leaked, didn't they? Uh, didn't the New York uh, Attorney General's office get some access to his tax records? Right. So and then the New York his... Times comes up with a story supposedly from them. I mean. Let's face it, that doesn't, oh. doesn't pass the smell test. Well, the president says they don't have the right information. Right, well. I don't believe him. On the other, well, on be. the other hand, he says he can't release his tax returns because they're under audit, but there's right. nothing that prevents him from doing that right. when they're under audit. I, personally, I don't want to see his tax returns, just like I don't want to see yours or Mark's. That, that's your business. You'll be jealous. And that's the way it should be. <laughs> and But if, there, if his tax... You know, filings are being released illegally. Heads need to roll. That's all I'm going to say. Right. And, and that needs to happen because, you know, there's privacy rights being violated. You know, there's probably laws that say you can't, you know, the IRS can't just release tax filings. And I'm sure the prosecutor, if they supposedly have some of that information, can't release it legally. Right, and Stan, frankly, I think it's, I'm surprised that it's taken this long when you think of the hundreds of accountants that he's had that have access to that, and then when it went into the federal court system, I believe they got the information, I believe it was handed over, but then uh, wasn't able to be disclosed to the general public, so now you have it in the federal court system, and uh, then uh, you, your defense lawyers, you know, because you don't want them released, now your defense lawyers are generally speaking in on that conversation. So, you know, you have hundreds of people that have access to this, and so far up to now, nobody released it until finally somebody somebody probably said, well, I'm going to, you know, make the New York Times a, a, a give them a, a, a weekend story to chew on, and then that, that happened. So, but, well, uh, I, I want to see head rolls. I, I, I want prosecution. Uh, I'm sick of this stuff. Because if, if, if you or I had done what, what is going on there, our butts would be sitting in jail, correct? Well, and I think the New York, or the, well, uh, do you want to stay on the line or call back? <laughs> nah, I'm good. That's okay. good. That's all I want to get out. Thanks. Uh, well, thank you so much, Stan. I really appreciate that. Yeah, the president says that this is a draft of his financial information. So if that's true, you should be able to track back to where this draft was still valid. In other words, you know, if all this was revised later, uh, whoever had it when it was under this draft form, that should be tra- traceable. So we'll talk about this in greater detail soon. This is WDK, okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's directly across from me and opposed to me at every turn. And uh, I don't know what his politics are, but his technique and his knowledge and expertise when it comes to running the console is fabulous. That would be our producer, Rob Center. He's on the other side of the glass, so we appreciate his help and hard work. We are opening up the phones right now. Call us now. Get in queue, and we would just love to talk 
talk to you on the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line, 1-800-795-9565. That is 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com or text us at 70236. In the news today, there is a fire in Sunbury this morning. A home was damaged along Ridge Avenue and Highland Avenue in that particular area of Sunbury. Two-story home had damage from the basement to the second floor. Smoke damage and fire damage uh, throughout what started that fire is not known. We know there were no injuries. A dog was aided from because of smoke inhalation at the scene. Volunteers helped that particular animal at the scene uh, in Sunbury. That alarm went in around 7.15 this morning. We have some photographs posted at WKOK.com. Local lawmen are on the lookout for someone who stabbed a man at the Sealands Grove Speedway Saturday night. Troopers say it happened around 8.45 p.m. One man was stabbed by a male suspect. That individual with the knife described as being a male in his late 40s to early 50s, about 170 to 200 pounds, 5 foot 10 inches tall with dark hair and a mustache. The man last known to be wearing a gray sweatshirt after that stabbing in uh, Sealands Grove, well, Penn Township, I guess, actually. Snyder County, nearly $1.3 million in federal CARES funding is available for small businesses, municipalities, and nonprofit organizations. County Commissioner Chairman Joe Kant says there's a separate application for each of the entities uh, who are eligible to apply. Once we have that stamp of approval on that application, then we'll look at all of those applications, look at the needs, and then try and decipher how much money we'll be able to give out to each of those grant applicants. He says grants of up to $25,000 can be available. SnyderCounty.org, the telephone number to call. State police say they solved two incidents of vandalism recently. Somebody damaged Messiah Lutheran Church in New Berlin recently, pelting tomatoes at the building. Two juveniles subsequently arrested there. And this past Saturday, a President Trump re-election sign was vandalized with spray paint in the Milton area. 63-year-old Donald Joint of Milton charged with criminal mischief for that incident. And in case you live in a cave. The president was in town over the weekend. The president traveled to Harrisburg International Airport hours after nominating Amy Coney Barrett to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the U.S. Supreme Court. Judge Barrett would become the third Supreme Court justice. This is our third nomination. We have Justice Gorsuch, Justice Kavanaugh. Trump once again predicted a win in Pennsylvania on November 3rd, saying voters can help to make history. From Erie to Easton, from Pittsburgh to Harrisburg, and from Allentown to right here in Middletown. A crowd estimated at 15 to 20,000 cheered the president on, many not wearing a mask and none keeping at least six feet apart. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Those are our news headlines. No, I love how they always stick in. Well, there were people there without wearing masks and they weren't six feet apart. Mm-hmm. That's the part of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Well, during a pandemic, it is. You probably haven't okay. noticed, but we're we are having a <laughs> pandemic, and so mitigation is the name of the game. No, I've seen other rallies. I mean, they, they didn't make a big deal out of the uh, 
protests that were going on in the streets and people weren't wearing masks. I think that's event. been mentioned every time, is, is, and certainly there's uh, observances of it from people who may or may not agree with the So, all, over the weekend, the president nominated Amy Coney Barrett to be the next justice, associate justice of the United States Supreme Court. Fine Catholic? Yes, well, as Dianne Feinstein says, the dogma burns deep, lives deep within you, or burns deep within you. Was that from the uh, federal judge here? When she, yes. I mean, so apparently, I, I find it interesting. If you're a Catholic who uh, doesn't follow all the rules of the church as Joe Biden does, well, that's okay. But if you're a Catholic who does follow the rules, well, no, we don't want you in there. But, you well, know, at least she's not in the Knights of Columbus. <laughs> well, she's in some other group that believes in praising the Lord. Well, that's a terrible thing, I'm sure. But, I mean, you know, it's like St. Lutherans. You don't believe in, in uh, birth control, or not birth control. I don't abortion. know how you stand on that, but you don't believe in abortion. So, I mean, should you should that be a litmus test? Should we have someone's religious faith and what they believe in the tenets? That's not the way this country was founded, and if that's the Democrats, it's un-American. Well, I think you have a fear of a situation where somebody uses their religious belief to guide their decision-making rather than specifically look at the Constitution, but to look at how their faith guides their decision-making. But we settled that I with John Kennedy. I always used to talk to, John, to uh, Fred Keller about this, this idea that, of course, his faith is central in his decision-making, and he's proud of it, as he should be. Uh, but I always said, well, is it not true that you would impose some something on somebody who is a person of a different or no faith, uh, one of the nuns, that you would impose something on them uh, in terms of your policies and decisions and, and, and ideas that maybe isn't right be- just because they don't have a religion doesn't mean they should have uh, these ideas imposed on them. And that was a discussion item. But I think that's where it comes from. You know, where does uh, where does the uh, uh, strongly held firm faith beliefs stop and the influence uh, of the subtleties of of the law begin. Well, take a look at attorneys. What's their job? They may represent somebody whose position or opinion they're totally opposed to. I mean, they're trained to be impartial and to do what what they consider to be in the best interest of their client. In this case, the client is the people of the United States of America, and a judge on the Supreme Court has an obligation to do what they consider to be in their best interest. But each one brings their own particular way of interpreting the Constitution. That's why there are nine of them up there. So there's not going to be, not likely to be a tie vote in in any given situation, but there's a diversity of opinions and, and you know, if you say, I, I love it, the Democrats I've heard over the weekend are now saying they're kind of apparently get off a religion to some extent, but they're now saying that she wrote an article about Obamacare where she said part of it was unconstitutional. Therefore, she will vote to overturn Obamacare. Right, it's, it's stripping, a done deal. That stripping the health care from millions ACA of people. ACA is dead. You might as well kill it now. Oh, come on. But, you know, <laughs> look at Justice Roberts. Everybody considered him a conservative. When they count the number of conservatives on the court, they count Roberts as one of them, and yet he's voted the last two times he's voted with the liberal position. So, I mean, I think it's manifestly unfair to say you know how somebody's going to vote. And if they're qualified for the office, do you know what the vote was to put Justice Ginsburg on the court? It was 97 to 3. Yeah, very well. That means a large number of Republicans who yeah, absolutely disagreed who that was absolutely then. disagreed with her philosophy voted for her because why? We she was then. qualified. We were happier then. Okay, Than, you're on the mark. Hey, uh, well, I, I do think probably 
whatever her name is, Coney Island, is going to probably be oh, the no, next... You're the one who uh, always says, don't make fun and don't insult, and there you go. <laughs> you're always saying, Wait, I do I'm that. Not, I'm not making fun. I can't remember the woman's name. I just started <laughs> hearing about her. Well, it is isn't Coney name? Island, Than. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, you could Joe, look it up. Joe, this is dementia, not humor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I was teasing, but here's the thing I want to ask. Don't you think the attack on our press has a lot to do with the foreign interference in our uh, social media that's, uh, for instance, Russia would love to see Trump win again because he works well with them. I think China might like to see Trump work well with them and so help them. And on social media, do you worry a bit that maybe the fact that you suddenly do not like newspapers that tell the truth instead of uh, angling it toward Trump or whatever position you have, uh, don't you think it's a part of the foreign interference that we're afraid of our newspapers and they're setting us up not to believe the things that are true? And it's not just the New York Times, by the way. A lot of people were digging into the taxes. I don't know. I think you've lost us. We're sitting here scratching our heads trying to figure out what the point is you're trying to make. The point is, I think you don't like the New York Times because you've been told that our press is not fair by foreign governments, and you're the gullible guy uh, falling for that. Oh, I see. Is, that so a, anybody, is it a possibility is all I'm asking. That's is it a possibility the New York Times is lying? Uh, and making uh, up stories? Really, all, the, so all the real newspapers in the United States report something and you say, well, it was in the Times, so it isn't true. Doesn't that sound like what you've been set up to say by, let's say, the Russians? But, you know, the, no, I'm sorry, their opinions. Did you happen to read the day's daily item? There's uh, a, there's there is a, no daily item today. I'm, well, it's online if you read it. But there's a My Turn column there. Somebody from Lewisburg wrote this column uh, about and put down every single quote from every Republican politician still around uh, from four years ago saying why they shouldn't put Merrick Garland through. But they didn't put one quote in that letter from all the many Democrats who cited the reasons why it should be done. You of know, course so it's not. like saying, that letter, it was her turn. And I read it. Yes, I did see that, because I do read it online. But uh, uh, she was saying, here are the reasons that I don't agree with this man, or this, uh, not this man, but this uh No, the whole uh, point was, the, the whole point... Is they, you guys said we can't do it in an election year, and now you say we can. And the Democrats and so, said you yeah, couldn't. No. The Democrats said you could, and now they're saying you can't. So where is the hypocrisy that's all Republican? Why isn't it Democratic hypocrisy, too? You know what? I didn't just call it uh, Republican hypocrisy. There's a lot in there. But you'll have to admit, you guys, Republicans, think you're going to lose, so you're going to dig every bit of dirt that makes it look like maybe you should be able to win. This is what getting dirt? out of hand. What dirt? What are you talking about dirt? Well, you're the guy who sits around saying, well, uh, Biden is demented. And <laughs> I didn't say he was no, demented. No, he's not. No, he's not. I didn't say he was no, demented. I said was he was, might have been a little... Mark, yeah, Mark said he was demented. I said he was slow. Uh, you guys said he was demented. You say he's slow. I don't see that. 
I see Donald Trump. I love the fact you say he answers questions. Listen to his news conferences. As soon as a question gets tough, it's an attack on liberals or the Black Lives Matter is what he turns to. And then he calls on his good friends out there in the audience for really easy questions. If you don't see that, you're not watching his news conference. You're not watching his news conference. He calls on all the he calls on all the MSNBC and CNN reporters from time to time. He does it every day. Sometimes he goes around the room twice and takes two questions from every reporter there, whether they're friendly or hostile. I don't think I'm entirely as gullible as you are. Oh, I see. But that's because you you choose to believe what you choose to believe, and you don't want any facts to the contrary entering into that. No, I'm saying, isn't it possible? Since we, what we know about Trump from back in the 70s till now, isn't it possible that he cheats on his taxes? Isn't it possible you do? Uh, no. <laughs> it is impossible for me to do that because I don't have 1,100 lawyers behind me. And besides that, do I think- truly think we should pay our taxes because that's how our country is survived. You think Donald Trump sits around with an eye shade on and a pen and pencil and a calculator and does his own taxes? No, he calls his lawyers and says, oh my God, I'm in trouble because, please, figure out a way to get me out of this. Well, maybe he... And he's done that, apparently has done that, since he was a kid, can't you his believe that maybe him forever? Oh, see, this is you're just echoing the same old tired cliches <laughs> day the man after who has day. Fox funnels in his ears and <laughs> echoes the time. Isn't it possibly said to his attorneys, "Listen, I'd like to get every maximum deduction I can get, but I want to pay my fair share." We but don't no, know what he I said. I don't think that's at all possible. Uh, okay, well, fair yeah. Enough. I mean, you know, it, it's in fairy tale land. Yeah, that's possible. Okay. Hey, thanks, then. We appreciate your calls, as always. Sure enough. Try to generate some interest here. Right. Now, you you sit down and take it easy now. You're an old guy. <laughs> I am, and I don't know what I'm talking about. You know that. It's what happens after we're over 70. Oh, no. no we're better than that, then. You know it. Take care, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> your calls, you later, as always. Bro. Thank you so much. All right. We've got a caller waiting. I've got to take my quickie break. Mike is standing by. we got an email from uh, EB, which is always a conversation starter. We're going to look at that shortly when we come back. Fall is here, and just like the leaves, prices are falling on new Kias at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now is, now the, is the best time to get into Sunbury Motors Kia. While others don't have what you're looking for, SMC, SMC comes, comes through. 2020 Kia Serenos are up to $6,475 off. Save over four grand on 2020 Kia Sportages. And drive away in a 2020 Kia Soul for as low as $17,990. When you stop by, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Celebrate. Fall in a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates through KMF, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. 
Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark. Do you want to read that email or do you want to do the caller? I'll read the email. E.B. says, well, 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 what do you know? It turns out corrupt Donald didn't pay taxes for most of the last 15 years. In the two years he did pay taxes, he paid $750. In other words, he paid way more to silence the adult film star he cheated on his wife with than he did in taxes. If it came out that Biden had paid no taxes in 15 years, every conservative would be screaming in outrage. Will they be outraged by Trump's tax avoidance? <laughs> Laughing out loud. Of course not, because such things are okay with the orange cult leader when he does them. Signed, E.B. E.B., you're taking it. I mean, it just, I love how the left will take something that's one time, and then it, every time it's repeated, it's like it's the gospel truth that has been sworn to by a band of angels. You know, for example, the bounty that supposedly was being placed on American troops and the president wouldn't condemn it. But there's no real proof that that ever happened. You know, and again, it's just time after time. It's like they're trying to have the um, nasty report du jour on President Trump, something new every day that will just keep people screaming in outrage and being hysterical with respect to we must get this pox upon our Constitution out of office. Well, Lawrence's worthless view is uh, this: none of this is going to go that well for them. I, for I, who? The Democrats or oh. p- people doing the screaming. I just don't think there's that much substance to most of this yelling. I really doubt that they'd be able to pack the court next year. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett seems to be a satisfactory appointment, you know, despite uh, being ultra-conservative. But that's, you know, that's what President Trump wants. So I'm not so quite sure that there's a, but g- the be a lot of hay from that. Wouldn't the Democrats be uh, nominating a liberal if they had control of the Senate and the president was one of their, a member of their party? I mean, to, be, to tell me that they wouldn't do exactly the same thing, that they would say, no, four right. years well, ago, we didn't think this was right, so we're not going to do it. Right. That's the way that it goes. Well, and likewise, the idea of uh, not appointing somebody, of course, uh, many people don't think the president should appoint somebody now, leave it up to the voters, so to speak. But this is his job. There's nothing in the Constitution that says the president has to make the appointments if and unless that there's no election nearby. It's it, it's just stated that he has to make the nomination. Now, some of the, some of the senators, the Democratic senators, have said they're not going to meet with her. Well, I think that's fair because the Republicans wouldn't meet with Judge Garland. That's their choice. Yeah, why but waste their time? Well, and but some it's of the still going to come up. They're going to vote for her, and they haven't even heard from her yet. Listen, everything I know about her, she's an outstanding woman. Uh, I think, I've, I don't know whether I mentioned you or not, but the young man who lived across the street from me, a very nice young man, he's now an attorney. He graduated from Notre Dame Law School at or near the top of his class, and one of his professors was Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, wow, great. And she wrote a letter of recommendation for him to clerk for a federal judge. And he got that, uh, he got that appointment. Ooh, I'd, I'd frame that letter. Yeah, I'd say I hope he hung <laughs> on to it. But I mean, he says she is one of the smartest people he ever met. She's fair and honest. So what more do we want? She's well, that'll qualified. Never <laughs> that'll never do. Uh, Mike, you are on the mark. Go right ahead. Hey, I want to thank Stan for giving me a pretty good laugh. Actually, the first laugh of the day, and it was a great one. When he admitted, he said, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't think he said that, did he? <laughs> yeah, he did. I didn't catch I, that, but anyway. He, he was saying that whatever that term is for when you're uh, you're making a comment like that about yourself to facetious. He was being facetious oh, when okay. he said it. But oh, all right. I, 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 if I were you, Joe, I'd have that on a, on a loop with, uh, once in a while with a button. You could push it when he's yeah. talking and, <laughs> and Joe's admitting he don't know what he's talking about. Or, I mean... Uh, uh, you might want Mark Stan? to Mark might yeah, want to put yeah. that on there. Oh, Than. Okay, that was Than, not Stan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Stan. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, hey, uh, I just wanted to say a couple things. One, I really think it's ironic that the mainstream media and all the Trump haters are up in arms and they're being critical of a person for complying with the same federal tax code that they themselves use. The same code that you use, Mark uses, and myself uses, and and we have to comply with it. That's our our duty. That's what we're supposed to do. Yet Trump is complying with it, or theoretically complying with it, and they don't know one way or another because they don't have the data in front of them. Yet they're trying to smear him when he's doing essentially the same thing they do yeah. when they fill out their tax form. Did you ever see an H and R block? Did you ever see an H and R block ad which says, "Folks, you want to pay more taxes? Come see us. We'll we'll make sure you pay the maximum amount of taxes due." <laughs> Nobody runs that no. kind of an ad. <laughs> no, and, and I and I tell you. I have a tax guy. I don't have, you know, uh, a need for one anymore because I, I don't have much of an income or anything. But w- when I did, I paid a guy to do my taxes to, who was familiar with the code. That was his livelihood, and, and hoped that he would, you know, find uh, ways for me to reduce my taxes. And the other thing is, if you look at some of these blue states and blue cities, they've done studies and said there's a couple of blue states that it's theoretically, mathematically impossible that they could ever pay off the debt that they have. Now, if you run up a debt so large that you can't pay it, you are being irresponsible. But I don't hear people living in those blue states and blue cities complaining about the debt that's being run up under their feet when they're just getting the benefits pushed back to them from that debt hoping that someone else will pay for it. Like maybe if the Democrats come into power in 2021, they can write trillion-dollar checks to these places to, you know, to, to pay them off for their support. That's well, maybe, the way I see it. Have you heard all these commercials? And uh, I think it's one is for Rush Tax Resolution, where they claim that people who vote hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they've settled their cases for 100 bucks. You know, is that is that? Oh, that's <laughs> if you don't pay for years. Is that fair share? I mean, come on, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't go to my tax person like you and say I want to pay more tax. I'm feeling a little guilty about it. I want to pay my fair share. Don't yeah. worry about it. But here's the thing: we don't really know whether this is true or not. I mean, the New York mm-hmm. Times. Where do they say they got it? Where did they come up with this information? And the president denies yeah. it. Exactly. It's basically what I call the smear of the day. Yep. Okay. They, whenever something positive, whenever th- something positive comes up for Trump, they just go to their little Rolodex and okay, what's the smear for today that we have to blast on all the media outlets to, to try to tamp down any excitement for the Trump uh, administration in the upcoming election? It's just, I mean, anybody, you know, like what Stan says, anybody that can't see this, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to say the same thing, Stan. Anybody that can't see how. The, the media is 99.9% basically against Donald Trump, and they come up with an unjustified or unverified smear of the day, and they fall for it. I mean, it's shameful in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think what the, the thing with the President Trump taxes, I, I think it, you know what the President's doing is probably legal, and of course the audit is trying to triple check that that's true for the $72 million refund. But I think what most people have a sense of, and this has nothing to do with the tax code, is that there is probably a sense of fairness to it as you pay your taxes, and of course you and I are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes each year, tens of thousands of dollars in taxes each year. 
uh, you do so begrudgingly, but you also have a sense, well, it's probably going to some common good, and you're you know sort of helping to support either the state or whatever the county or the the federal government's doing on your behalf. But I think when you find out that somebody who's a billionaire or calls himself a billionaire is pays seven hundred fifty dollars taxes or no taxes, I just regardless of the tax code, regardless of the New York Times, you know, the president says it's not quite right or it's from a draft. Well, it can't be all that far off, you know, would be, you know, one of the comebacks. I think what strikes most people is that there's no fairness associated with it. Of course, the president enjoys many of the benefits of in the federal government. But as he says, um, I just want to make sure that I'm using the tax law to my benefit in the maximum way. So that's what he did. So I just think people have a sense that it's unfair. It doesn't have anything to do with the tax code or how much he should pay or the tax laws. It's just people think, well, geez, I pay a heck of a lot more than that, and I don't make that much money. Ross Perot used to talk about that, saying that he paid less tax than one of the, the, the his secretary, I think, was the, the name he always used to use. You know, somebody in his office that probably earned $50,000 a year, he said he paid less taxes than her because he was, you know, using the tax code, you know, and he would always say, well, that's not fair. We should have, you know, a fairer tax. Well, Democrats talk about raising taxes on the wealthy, and this is one of the things they're talking about, making sure that the Donald Trumps of the world just pay their fair share, even if it isn't, uh, you know, trillions of dollars. I'm sure the president over the decades has paid (laughs) probably a billion dollars in taxes at the various levels, but his federal income taxes weren't that high. All right, thank you so Thanks, much, Mike. Mike. W- really, uh, pre- oh. One last qu- quick sure. comment. The, the, the bottom line is, for me, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Mark, but here, here's, my, here's my rub. Whenever government needs more money, the last thing that ever comes out of their mouth is, we have to do more with less, and we have to economize, and we have to find savings. It's always, we have to raise taxes. We're in business where people work, where people have their jobs. The opposite is the true. That's the, the dichotomy I see between uh, the working man and government. You're right, but has anyone ever won an election by saying, my fellow Americans, we must tighten our belts. I'm not going to vote for any new funding for anything. You don't win elections. You win elections by promising people what they want. Uh, Obama did that. All that. Remember all that, that when he ran for re-election, all those people said they want their free stuff. Stuff. I think they used another oh, yeah, word yeah. for Clinton, it. Clinton had a big laundry list, too, and I'm sure that Republicans do the same thing. But the reality sure. is, how much longer can this go on this way? Not, not So it's going to be a, the chickens are going to come home to roost at some point, for sure. All right. Thank you thank so you. much, Mike. Appreciate sure. the call. Uh, upper right-hand corner, then the break, and then the call. Says, come on, Joe. You and I both know the New York Times is not going to publish a report like Trump's tax evasions unless they have dead-to-right evidence and facts. You're always ready to spread doubt on anything this publication puts forth regarding Trump. Like the Times or not, they are a professional and accurate publication and surely not stupid or lax enough to publish an article without accurate fact-checking and very Verification. And if you care to Google the number of times the New York Times has walked back a story, including one recently accusing Haley, um, I forget her last name, Haley, uh, Barber. Haley Barber of spending a fortune on curtains, you know, they walk back stories all the time. And they took 19 days, 19 days to report an accusation against Biden. They don't take 19 days to report an accusation against Trump. They would do it in 10 seconds if they could get an addition out that fast. Now, Joe's skeptical because he has his Fox funnels and... <laughs> His Trump blinders both on. So, of course, he's skeptical skeptical about the report. But uh, deep down, deep, deep down, he knows eh, it's true. No, I don't. We're, 
<laughs> See, it's way deep. All right, we're going to take a quickie break. we got tons of emails and texts and a caller waiting. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. And uh, we got a caller who's been patiently waiting. Go ahead, Bob. You're on the mark. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I want to come back from uh, last week when I was talking about Eric Trump being indicted by New York City. It's all about Trump. It's going to all come out soon. Uh I just want to say that uh, he'll say deny, 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 fake news, fake news, fake news. And that's when the truth is coming out. And that's how he denies everything. Oh, I'm treated so badly. I'm very badly. The IRS treats me very badly. I've never had the IRS call me up. I've never been audited. Back in 1984, he challenged the IRS and he lost. So when he loses this time, he's going to owe them $100 million dollars. He's going to owe creditors $300 million in the next three to four years. That's $400 million. So where is he going to get that money from? Do you know why he's pushing that uh, glesamine or whatever that drug is called? He's trying to get the money from the pharmaceuticals. <laughs> it's going to come from China. He's Hitler. Well, listen, how can, you, how can Hitler you have Hitler always said fake news. Look it up. Hitler always used fake news. We never called how it that. How can I say what? He never how called can I it say f- what? How can you say that the president is, uh, you know, going to owe all this money when so many people on the left are saying, oh, the man has enriched himself enormously while he's been in office? Which is it? Is he gone broke or has he enriched himself? You can't have both. He's, he's going to be broke. I mean, he's going to be bankrupt, hopefully, by the time he leaves the office. Well, Hillary Clinton said she was... Handcuffed, hopefully. Hillary Clinton said she was broke when she left the White House. She's doing okay now. I suspect the president could give a lot of speeches and make a lot of money like the Clintons did. The Clintons are food insecure. What are you talking yeah, about? Well, E.B. E. took my punchline. I wanted to say that Stormy Daniels got paid more than Donald Trump paid in his income tax. We think. Uh, that's not that verified. Could be. That's no, not that's verified. Not verified. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, you know what? If Trump has a problem with this, why don't he show his taxes and prove the truth? If he says we're lying or people are lying... Why don't he just show his taxes? Oh, he's still disputing the $72 million refund that he got in the mail. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly right. He got $72 million. He doesn't want that and out he's got to lose. Well, because, he, I mean, do you, do you charge $70,000 to have your hair cut? <laughs> I mean, well, really? Give me a break. Well, if you fly to it Paris for it. charges it or pays it? It pays it. Okay. But, uh, you well, know, that's why he's under audit, because he got $72 million. I mean, I have never got 70 i I'm lucky to get... 
a thousand dollars back from the government. I always pay in more than I. Well, let's uh, let's I, just stipulate that President Trump doesn't pay what I would consider his fair share of taxes. He uses the tax code to make sure that he and his corporations pay as little tax as well, possible. Yeah, but you can only write it off for so long. I mean, I had a rental property. I know you can only rent it off or write it off for so long. Well, no, some of this stuff is ongoing. I, I some um, deductions and uh, write-offs may expire. But I mean, who the even understands the tax things. code? I mean, you have to be an expert to understand it. I mean, all these carry-forwards, carry-overs. You know, this and that. Uh, Harry, carry, carry uh, it. Loopholes. I mean, there are a lot of loopholes in the tax law. So, I mean, I, I assume that if uh, if I were somebody who had President Trump's business interests or even Joe Biden's business interests with all the money Hunter brought back from overseas, Hunter, Hunter probably needs a good tax guy, too. You know what? Hunter Biden has nothing to do with anything. Well, why did he get a three and a half million it's, dollar it's fund transfer? It's a thing that Trump uses. What about all his children bringing money back from all oh, these countries? Oh, it's not just Trump. Plus, remember when Trump got sworn into office, and we saw all these papers lined up? These are all his companies he owned. He was signing them over to his children. That was fake news. <laughs> Never happened. That's well, why, why do you suppose Hunter Biden got a $3.5 million money order from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow, who's the richest woman in Russia? I don't know. Tell who, me why. Who cares? I don't know. That's what. That's the answer. We'd like to know okay, the answer well, to that. It fails we'll to who cares. To it's, it's illegal. But did I ask you this in the beginning? This is my other punchline. Joe, Mark needs a drug test because he's doing good today. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very relaxing weekend. I'm well rested. Maybe that's why I'm sharp. Mark gets, Mark gets a little edgy when you say drug test. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I, got a t- I have a drug test, too, whenever I drive on. <laughs> I, had, I had to leave. <laughs> That's my other part-time job, which I haven't done since March. I've been laid off since, uh, since March. Oh, dear. So, okay. I mean, our economy is shot to hell. Trump, Trump like, left the... If he would have told us the truth in the beginning, like when 9-11 happened, when the airplane ran into the towers, people could have understood it. You don't lie and deny stuff, and he still doesn't even wear a mask. I mean, I have friends on... I don't have any friends anymore because of the this shit going on. <laughs> okay. Hey, thanks for I'm your call. Serious. Thanks for your call, yeah, Bob. We appreciate your comments. Day. Take care, buddy. All right, we got you. Thank you so much. All right, 1-800-795-9565, upper right-hand corner, please. Right, go fake go. news lies, and you keep watching it. Guess what's what you want. And I think that Mike's got a point there. Fake news and lies, and that's what we're getting from the New York Times. Speaking to Robert. Right. Okay. And Warren Buffett said he paid less than his secretary in taxes. Yes, because he paid tax rate for capital gains tax. She paid ordinary income tax rate. The tax code is complicated to say the very Least. And this is from one of our glonksillionaires. Right, who, who knows the tax code. Uh, New York Times, really? The tax... Um uh, the taxes I'm hearing quoted are 2017 and 2018. Trump's job as president of the United States, which he gets zero pay. That's his own choice, by the way. Right, he takes zero pay. Right. And the taxes quoted are his income taxes. How about his corporate taxes? Local, state, all the employees matching Social Security taxes and employment taxes. The New York Times is a bigoted rag. Can't say I disagree with that. Really? A bigoted rag? What, what's evidence of their bigotry? The fact that they come after the president with very flimsy facts. 
Well, <laughs> that's just poor journalism. That's They're not bigoted, bigotry. bigoted against orange-haired people. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that could be. Uh, we, we, we have plenty of evidence of that. Do we ever hear that President Trump does not take his salary since being in office? No, not a word, although we just mentioned it. Well, it's been mentioned many, many he times. He puts that money back into the pot to help the country. Does he ever get credit for his generous giving? No. Bet Obama can't say that he didn't take his salary. Give President Trump a break. He's a great man. Yeah, Mr. Obama and his wife make quite a bit of money giving speeches. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Not a thing wrong with it. I'm sure they it. do plenty of charitable <laughs> contributions. Well, who was it that said they were broke when they were in the Clinton's. White House? Hillary said when they left oh, the White okay. House, they were living hand to mouth. They aren't anymore. Well, now they're long billionaires. They have. They should be happy. They're giant mansions here and there around the country. Uh, one of our good listeners sent us a note. Read this first. This is the question. Uh, oh, David, no, um, down here. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. Why the opposition to drop boxes, David? And that's signed by Tom. And um, I think the reason is the election code is very specific in all the ways voters can cast their ballots and ballot collection boxes are not one of them. If a person can walk down the street to a ballot box, why can't they walk down the street to a mailbox or drop it off directly at their county board of elections? The integrity of our elections are of the utmost importance, and these unmonitored ballot boxes undermine that integrity. And that is absolutely true. I saw a funny cartoon over the weekend. It might have been The Inquirer or something. It showed the the uh, voter drop box outside an election office, but it was attached to a shredder and a trash can <laughs> underneath. So you put your mailbox. Oh no, it was uh, of Luzerne County. Oh well, the one I saw showed a toilet sitting on a lawn. That well, said, that's real. That actually is put that. in Biden ballots here. Oh, oh, oh that's <laughs> cute. All right, well, we're going to take a quickie break, but we do have open phones. We got a lot going on. We have Amy Coney Barrett uh, out there in terms of uh, potential conversation. She was officially nominated over the weekend. Of course, the New York Times stole the show today when they decided to publish their story last evening at 6 p.m. that the president doesn't pay his fair share in taxes, in my observation. So what's your view on all of this, the tax debacle? We got some texts related to this. And I do. Oh, incidentally, that uh, t- Dropbox comment we just read is from David Rowe answering the listener question. I don't think I said that's what that was all about. So 1-800-795-9565 is our open phone. All four lines are open. Uh, help, maybe you can help us answer the questions. Is it fair that the president doesn't pay federal income taxes? 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com. Fall is here, and just like the leaves, prices are falling on new Kias at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now is the the best time to get into Sunbury Motors Kia. While others don't have what you're looking for, SMC comes through. 2020 Kia Serenos are up to $6,475 off. Save over four grand on 2020 Kia Sportages. And drive away in a 2020 Kia Soul for as low as $17,990. When you stop by, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Celebrate fall in a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates through KMF, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. (laughs) 
Well, we just got a great email. We're going to read that, but I'm going to read it. <laughs> no, let me give me a chance. Oh, okay. We'll chance. practice a little bit first. Uh, I want to reset the show. Let folks know that Joe McGranahan and I are back together. We will be for four days. Then Friday will be Financial Friday with the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. We'll have Gene Barr on the line from the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry, uh, talking about why I wear it, talking about masks. They advocate for mask wearing there, so that's, of course, irritated a lot of Republicans that were members of the chamber, uh, but uh, they say it's good for business, so uh, that will be Friday, but between then, 90 minutes of open phones for the next four days, so we invite you to call in, 1-800-795-9565 is our email. <laughs> Are you ready? I can read this flat. Don't you just love how Joe reads the emails? Well, read it audibly. Or I could read it excitedly. Don't you just love how Joe reads the emails? Or I could read it with a bit of irony, which I think is what is intended. Don't you just love how Joe reads the emails? Take notice how demonstrative he is when reading an email praising his Trump guy while downplaying and almost dismissing an email sent in criticizing or unflattering to Trump. Well, the, I disagree with that assessment. I read it as it's written. Oh, it's very true. <laughs> Joe but Joe does try to add the proper emphasis, uh, regardless of who sent it or what their feelings are. But what one thing Joe does do that I don't do is that if Joe reads it and it criticizes him or the president, the split second he's done reading the email, he says, okay, but this is all ridiculous. It's false. <laughs> this is fake news. You don't even need to consider hey, this I email. I get my two minutes, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, So there's no sort of cross-conversation. All right. The last two callers of the day now exist. Uh, first, Bob, and then... Uh, Mr. Unknown will be on. Go ahead, Bob. You're on the mark. Yeah, I was just calling back about the uh, Amy Coney Barrett uh, elected into court for uh, Trump. Nominated. Uh, nominated. Well, she's going to get put in because there's not enough uh, Republicans going against it. But she's going to set us back to the 1950s if she's elected or chosen. And we're going to have to go through all this drama again to get gay rights to get equal equality or it's all going to just go backwards the abortion stuff i mean I'm, I'm a lutheran and i believe in abortion just to let you know that just because marsh a lutheran don't mean he don't believe in abortion he might not admit it but i'm just telling you i'm in a lutheran or I, I was in catholic but they told me i had to give them 10 percent of my income and it's like i don't have to give lutherans 10 percent of my income why the hell do i go to your church Okay, so that's that's all I had to say. Well, I hate to all tell right, you, but I, you, I'm a Catholic, and it's not required that you give 10 percent of your income to the church. Yeah. They see, they recommend if you're going to tithe, they recommend you give 10 percent of your income to charity. Is that but not all of it to the church? Is that scriptural? That I don't know. I don't know. I guess it is, but uh, you know, some people practice it, some people don't. Lance from Herndon, you're on the mark. Okay, we think about uh, Joe Biden and his taxes. My poor old uh, Joe um, six-pack lunchbox only had a, made a paltry $40 million last year, and 13.3 of it uh, came from personal appearances and book deals and things like that. So rather than uh, file as one of personal tax return, they did it as an S-Corp and saved half a million dollars in taxes. Well, that's only clever accounting. I mean, everybody does that, right? As long as it's, uh, you know, on the level, I can't say anything wrong with it, really. But but then think about uh, Harry Reid (laughs) and what he said about uh, Mitt Romney's taxes. 
knowing full well he was lying, and he did that just uh, to uh, put the wedge of doubt and maybe... What did he say? I've forgotten. Oh, well, I heard that he hadn't paid any income tax for five years. Oh, okay. And he did it on the floor of the Senate. So there was no way that anybody could sue him for anything. And then when he was asked about it, because he knew he was lying, he had a smirky look on his face and said, well, he didn't win, did he? (laughs) That Uh reminds me of a story that I read um, in a book about the founding of a mint in Dallanega, Georgia, where they talked about a guy who uh, owned a newspaper and he he was supporting this one political candidate and he reported the day before the election that his opponent died. So there was no, no, obviously the guy who was supported won the election because he was told that the other guy was dead. (laughs) Oh, 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 that's incredible. I mean, that really is. But, uh, you know, we really, though, I think of the press. I think of, uh, uh, remember the glory days of uh, old Citizen Kane? Remember, remember the movie about yeah, it? I remember the movie sure. Citizen Kane. How could okay. you not remember it? Gross, okay. but... Yeah, right. Well, who, who was the uh, boogeyman or whatever you want to call him movie, the one who was pulling all the strings that was going after him, right? And I think that uh, poor old uh, Trump, you know, has become Citizen Kane, and uh, William Randolph Hearst, collectively, is our press. I really do. I mean, I listen to all of them, and they're really terrible. The great tradition of yellow journalism. Well, it's more than yellow. I mean, it's, it's really yellow, yellow. Yeah, well, hey, good point. Thanks, Lance. All right, thanks Appreciate so much. Your call. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's see, text or email, Joe, wherever you want to go. I'll start with here. The New York Times has proven themselves purveyors of fake news many, many times. They splash a biased headline that buries the truth at the end of a three-page story that no one ever reads. And then, uh, let's see here. Come on, Bob, how do you know how much money Trump does or doesn't owe to creditors or the IRS? Are you in the meetings at the IRS, Trump's organization's boardroom, or the New York Attorney General's office? I know the answer to that, and it's no. You've swallowed the bilge that the Main Street media has spewed. Hunter Biden is a leech, and Joe Biden is a crook. Right in there. And, uh, Than, your TDS is showing today. Trump takes questions from reporters, unlike your chosen candidate, Dementia Joe Biden. Hey, Than, release your tax returns. <laughs> okay, and one of our listeners sent us a note over the weekend. We talked about Alyssa Hoffman, the Girl Scout who did a project to build a bridge. Uh, we attributed it to the Daily Item, but one of our good listeners from the Watsontown area sent us a note and said, more information about Friday's Alyssa Hoffman story. It was in the Daily Item but it was in the Milton Standard for months and months while she went through a complicated permitting process. That's where the Daily Adam got it, from the Standard. One correction for your listeners, sometimes inaccurately reported in something the Daily Adam. Something inaccurately reported. Something inaccurately reported in the Daily Adam and then politicized in the discussion. Cross-country is on this year. Capital letters, is on. Sometimes it's good to read more than one newspaper. Thanks, a good local listener and local author. Hmm. 
what have you published? What, send it, let us know. <laughs> okay. We'll read that on the radio. All right, so we read all the texts. Uh, and says, come on, Joe, and regular Trumpster callers, get your facts straight. The Rob Portman investigative report on Hunter Biden revealed nothing new or criminal. But it didn't explain. we got to finish this tomorrow. We didn't okay, explain well, where the $3.5 right million dollars came from. We'll go from there. We read all the texts. Uh, we thank our contributors, emails, texts, callers, and uh, David Rowe that checked in. So we'll pick up right here where we left off tomorrow. You're listening. We're going to talk, argue about Hunter Biden tomorrow. <laughs> oh, boy. Words do not Or describe. democratic hypocrisy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Cannot wait. This is WK. Okay, Sunbury. <laughs>